everyone. It's the Herald and Modcast. It's the Herald and Meowcast. <laughs> Why? Meow meow. <laughs> it's our new shtick. We got to appeal to a wider audience of. <laughs> How is that going to appeal to a wider audience? Maybe cats, cat lovers, <laughs> members of PETA, veterinarians. Oh, okay. Meow meow. <laughs> Good morning, my cat people. <laughs> Woof, 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 woof. Meow, meow, yeah, kitty. don't forget dog people. Cat, 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 cat. I don't know how that started, except that you were doing vocal exercises and meow meows. Decided to continue the joke. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> First of all, I take those those meow meow exercises very seriously. I didn't go to theater school for four years and learn my meow meows just to be told it was a gosh dang joke. Yeah, okay. Is my degree a joke? Is yeah. theater school a joke to you? Is theater a joke to you? No. I mean, it is. That's the joke. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about today. Hey. We have... Two films that we're going to talk about. One sucked and one was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. It was very, very it good. It was very good. Yeah. Um, great filmmaking. Uh, let's start with the sucky one. Yeah, get the bad news out of the way first. Ready Man. Player One. Ready Player No Fun, more like it. The highly, semi-highly anticipated, at least in the fanboy world, the highly anticipated... Uh, Film version of Ernest Cline's best-selling book of the same name, directed by Steven Spielberg, um, penned by Ernest Cline and Zach Penn, who's the superhero writer. I mean, he did Avengers, Incredible Hulk, he did the X-Men movies, he's doing the reboot of Dirty Dozen. I can't believe they're doing that. Yeah, they shouldn't do that. It hasn't been cast yet, but if if The Rock's not in that movie, I will eat this microphone. And Zac Efron. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Uh, like you know McLovin. The Rock. Yeah, McLovin. <laughs> it's like one of the dirty McLovins. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. McLovin, the dirty, the dirty McDuzzlin. McLovin. So the film stars Ty Sheridan, who was also in X Men First Class. Yeah. Uh, he played young Cyclops. Cyclops. Olivia Cook, who was in Ouija and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, I British don't, actress. Don't recognize her. Ben Mendelsohn, great Australian Australian actor who you've seen in everything. Plays a good bad guy. Uh, T J Miller. Who only appeared as uh, in the animated side of the film, uh, we should note. Seeing how he was at Comic-Con sitting next to Steven Spielberg, I find it odd that he was only in the movie as his avatar. Mm-hmm. Might have something to do with his uh, recent mishappenings. Escapades, Escapades. yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, also, Mark Rylance, Oscar winner Mark, Mark Rylance, who is now Steven Spielberg's apparently new best friend to put in movies yep simon Pegg shows up everywhere yeah. and lena waith the, yeah the writer the writer of uh aziz, aziz, aziz's show yeah she has like a new show right it's like a chicago show yeah she's on showtime too and she's in it so it's about this futuristic world uh well it's futuristic it's like 2045. Yeah, and uh, Mark Rylance is this wacky dude who, cre- low wacky tech dude who created the Oasis, which is the virtual world where everybody just puts on their 
virtual reality goggles and goes and is their avatar and lives in that world. Just lives in there, and then the world, there, the real world is, you know, is crap. Dystop- dystopic. Yeah, it's yeah. Junkyards and heaps, and there's riots, and everything fell apart, and so everyone just lives in this oasis. But we don't really know that much about it because we're mostly in the oasis the whole time. Pretty much, there's like 15 minutes of actual you know screen time yeah that was directed by steven spielberg and the rest of it was just animated cgi cgi CGI. you know what i find we have a lot to say about this film but one of the things i was just thinking of is that okay it's 2045 yeah and they're still wearing the same big ass virtual reality goggles there's no way that first of all vr becomes commercialized with those big goggles like they will not be in that form anymore in the future no that's why it's not taking on now really is people are not really yeah buying into the wearing this giant headset and everything the giant gear they have to wear that's just not gloves and plausible or just not practical get smaller not bigger especially as most of them are really poor everyone's sort of poor. i know that's true too and everyone has virtual currency that you can get by destroying other people's avatars and stealing their coins Mm -hmm. then you can buy virtual stuff but you can also buy real stuff that'll get sent to you like through amazon right with virtual currency which is something we can do today. Yeah, is pretty going to be a bigger thing with Bitcoin, etc. Yeah, cryptos. But uh, yeah, so I mean, they're really the story. You want to go through the story? Not really. <laughs> I feel like we could just fast forward to the end. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Sheridan is. Long story short, is don't see the this young movie. hero who? What's his character in the Oasis? Perzival. Perzival, right? And he somehow miraculously figures out the key how to get the key well, we should say mark rylance was like the steve jobs who created this oasis and basically everyone that's left on earth is obsessed with his life and all of his memories that can be accessed at this memory curation mm-hmm. museum so you can literally funnel or f- filter through every single moment in his life Every yep. every deuce he dropped, every load he rubbed <laughs> out, and you can make dig. Basically, it's like a fucking play on video game Easter eggs. Right. And he set up this challenge for the entire world, a sort of golden ticket challenge where there's three special keys. Oh, it's very Willy Wonka. It's very Willy Wonka. Not as creative or interesting, uh, but the three keys are these three challenges which he developed that mimic moments in his life and you can find out clues to these Mm -hmm. challenges by going and watching his memories over and over and apparently percival is like very apt and they you know and then there's literally like a veruca salt company where this one guy ben mendelson who doesn't know how to have fun and doesn't care about the oasis he just wants it for his own needs and everyone wears gray gray suits (laughs) and gray slacks and the girls wear gray skirts and they have a whole teams of floors of people that study Mark Rylance's and pop culture and just all, pop all culture. these pop culture references. Many of them Spielberg's films and characters and himself. 80s. It's yeah. mostly eighties. Yeah, eighties stuff. Really, you're not even getting like nineties or early two thousands. Like Percival really. drives the DeLorean. That's his. Well, because you can pick any car. You right. can have a monster truck. You can have a motorbike. You can have a Tron speeder bike. And of course, he has the DeLorean. Yeah. Because that's really fucking cool. <laughs> it's super cool. Everyone's like, I know that car. That's 
from that movie, yeah. Jurassic Park 2. <laughs> nope. Where Michael J. Fox <laughs> takes a Tyrannosaurus egg from the past. You mean and Back to the Future? Then meets Jeff Goldblum and he gives it to <laughs> then he gives it to Newman from Seinfeld and he has a Barbasol can and he takes it and then he meets Christopher Lloyd and he said that the Libyans stole it from him. And <laughs> so now, crossover. Yeah, it's basically that story I just made up is better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like better You're references right. it's basically that <laughs> this movie sucks but lo- so i don't even know what i said mark La- mark rylance is that yeah, the steve jobs guy and then ben mendelson has this whole company of people trying to solve the clues so but can- nobody can in five years it's been five years the whole world has had all access to all this stuff 24 hours a day on in the oasis right. which is this giant world that mark rylance created where you can live and you can be whatever you want man and dress however you want <laughs> dress whatever way man dance how you want to dance yeah. and sing how you want you can dance if you want to you could leave your friends behind it's the stupidest movie of all time punch it this movie in its face for existing well the biggest problem is that they develop nothing outside of the way oasis yeah you don't he has an ant like for some reason everyone has ants oh, you know peter parker has an ant like yeah. everyone has ants so there's an aunt, aunt, aunt yeah. that he lives with who he's sort, sort of estranged of. from because his parents died when he was little don't and get any information about that nothing no background nope. no deve- no understanding nothing. of why the world it no, is the way it is now no, they say there's like the tech riots of 2027 yeah but we don't find out about like, it yeah, what does that mean and then it just destroyed the whole world the whole yeah. country i mean America? maybe the book gets into it it probably does yeah it does not in the movie <laughs> but it's it, it there's nothing that resembles what spielberg did so brilliantly in et which is developed this wonderful story driven by the kids and the purity of the kids heart you know and actions against these i mean it's there's nothing there that resembles a spielberg film it is it is i will go on record as saying this this is absolute worst film it's Ever. devoid of anything that makes this classic Steven Spielberg movies classic yes. for what they are. And this movie doesn't have any of those things. No. You know, it's old. The Iron Giant's in it, though. Remember that animated film? Uh, yeah. That movie. People love that movie. Sure they do. And now the Iron Giant's in it, and he fights all of those bad Remember Chucky? Ooh, oh yeah, watch Chucky out. shows up. Boo, Ernst. <laughs> and well, so- and the key that he figures out that the first key is just by riding backward in the race. Well, because it's a big race. Yeah, and and it's the funny thing about the race is that it doesn't seem to be. It seems like it just runs ad nauseum mm-hmm. forever. Like you just can join the race at any point. There's no, like, schedule for these races. It's not like once a year they have a big race and once a year you can try to get that key. It's like, okay, I'm going to do the race this morning. Then I'll probably do it again later today. Then I'll maybe do one on Friday. You know, it's just like, just race, this race. And it's King Kong and it's the same race designed the same way each time. There's no variance. And still people haven't been able to beat this race. In five years. In five years. No one in the world. The same race. Except this one kid. By himself. Yeah. No teams, no accompaniments. No. And he dis- dis- That's insulting to 
people who play games, frankly. Well, yeah, and it's the oldest trick in the book. <clears throat> yeah. It's literally riding the track backwards. Yeah. Which is like the first thing you try to do in Mario Kart when you're a little kid. <laughs> right. And it's like, boo, boo, back, wrong way, boo, <laughs> It's the stupid, and then he ends up underneath the track watching all of like going through the gears and the mechanics mm-hmm. that make the track run and then boom he's at the end right and then boom he gets the key and you're just like that was fucking super easy and it took no time it to took get him to like that the point. first 20 minutes of a yeah. movie he literally just went there and it was like but bill and you <laughs> went and it was just a stupid bill and ted riff oh yeah like, what Mark if we Rylance. could just go backwards in like a race with king kong like like the clue is so obvious time, like bill and ted wait Back in time. He's like backwards. I get it. That's the answer to the fuck. But the race puzzle. Yeah. You know, this is like you might as well say like maybe if there was a race I could go backwards (laughs) in. I don't know. Maybe someone's watching me say this like after I'm dead. (laughs) It's possible. Yeah. And so he gets the first key, and then he like tells his friends, and he meets this girl avatar in the thing called artemis yep and they become fast friends at first she's reluctant like i don't need no friends I'm she's the, gonna be the winner i'm the best and and then uh uh he has his friend h which is really not a great name for your best friend no just the letter h <laughs> there's like 26 there's 25 better letters than the letter h <laughs> you know and it's like this big dude who's like, hey, man. Who turns out to be Lena Waithe. Lena Waithe. Yeah. And the thing about that was the voice sounded so much like a girl's voice that had been lowered octaves. Right, right, right. Like, it, would, it was even sort of hard to understand at times. That's true. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're like, I can't understand this at all. Oh, and it was a girl. Why did they just have a guy with a deep voice? And then yeah. have her, surprise, it's me. Because she's hot right now. And they were like, that would, not be, a good that would be dishonest if we did that. So we'll just make it really hard to understand. <laughs> what are you going to do? We can fix it in like 10 minutes. And now we're going to get something to fix it. We'll get something later. That's exactly what <laughs> They're like, I have no idea what this character is saying. This is a movie costs two hundred million dollars to make. I know. Why can't I hear this character's oh, Lord. lines? For God's sakes! The only one cool part was when they all drop in. They get a clue from the memory of Mark Rylance, and For, they, this is the second challenge, right? And they drop into The Shining, and you're they're literally in the actual footage of The yeah. Shining, and you and that looked really cool. I'm sure that. Kubrick will be rolling over in his grave well, that that was used that way. I just feel like as a real f- big fan of that film, I want to be like, get your shitty characters <laughs> out, of my, out of my cool movie. Film, you have yeah. a brilliant, unmatched film. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, there's a wave of blood out of this elevator. Oh shit, excellent. Fucking Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Danny Torrance, excellent. This movie's trash. Uh, It's garbage. I mean, it looked cool, yeah. Well, it it didn't always look cool. No, I mean the shining moment. The shining moment looked really cool. It it was just sort of funny, but at the same time, it was sort of hacky. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing's sort of hacky. It's so reference-heavy that... 
all the references start to mean nothing. You know what yep. I mean? Like you're just like, oh yeah, there's a Rubik's cube. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, there's the like, and don't the they call it the cube. Zemeckis cube? Yeah, where it's in a Rubik's cube, but it's like a weapon you can use in situations. Go back in time by for... sixty seconds yeah. only, just enough time to you know thwart this uh, <laughs> you know, attack. This, yeah, they literally got attacked, and they had to go to a disco. And then he, he oh, did, yeah. then they do like staying alive. And yeah, it's just like, oh man, I know. ugh, blick. I know this shit is so cornball. It's, I thought this movie was going to be super savvy and really ugh, cool, like I really know. like. And there's a moment where she's Goro from uh, Mortal Kombat, and she like grabs him. And oh like, yeah, coming with me, Turkey. And then there's a chest, <laughs> and then a chest buster bursts through Goro's chest from Mortal yeah. Kombat, like from Alien, the chest buster. Right. And then it's like a sock puppet on her hand yeah and we're like no you <laughs> stop playing around with these cool things leave this shit alone you guys stink at this there weren't there were very few actual spielberg film references though. no and yeah remember he said that at he Hall said H. that he's he like nobody wants to see use mine but yeah. yours are the ones that matter the most Dude, you're steven like there's no jaws there's no et there's no et no e. there is no jurassic park oh you know it's a little too late uh, there was sort of jurassic park weren't there no okay. not, not memorably not enough to be like oh yeah yeah, there's no Close Encounters. There's no Schindler's List, for God's sake. <laughs> I don't think they'd have that. <laughs> like an odd crossover. Yeah. Uh, there's no Indiana Jones. or Yeah, you know? right? There was no Indiana. Yeah. It was a perfect thing to have Indiana Jones. Yeah. And so this whole time, Ben Mendelsohn is like, now this, you know, this who's this kid, Percival, that's like fucking beating my <laughs> huge company. And then you find out that Ben Mendelsohn's character was an intern for Mark Rylance, right. which is so lame yeah like i get me your coffee here's your coffee and he's like as an adult man <clears throat> yeah like he was like in his, well into his, his 40s, 40s. Yeah. he's like an <laughs> intern so stupid i know forget this guy's like, wait coffee. a minute you can even like get someone to play like a young, young mendelson yeah, yeah. yeah it was him <laughs> with like darker know, colored hair so, and like rylance and i gotta say this this is an unpopular opinion but i really think he's pretty overrated yeah i i mean he won the oscar for that bridge of spies, bridge of which spies I never saw. movie and i remember he beat somebody else who i was like fuck really mm-hmm. and i forget who it is now because yeah, you never remember who but wins oscars, yeah but Next um, year, like fucking whatever and then we saw him in in dunkirk and he was pretty good in dunkirk he's okay he's and, fine. but i did i've tried to sort of go watch his stuff like that that wolf hall film he also won like an emmy and a golden globe for uh-huh. that uh, pbs series mm-hmm. it's boring as fuck and he's okay but like like there's he's there are far better british actors there's lots of them there too. are lots of them well i sort of felt like he was channeling his fucking dr steve brule with this yeah, character kind of he paladin like whatever him. the fuck is yeah and the way he sort of and i guess they were trying to make it seem like maybe he was on the autistic spectrum like, sort of but got it was that weird vibe. choices. He owned yeah. the way he spoke. Yeah, and, and the way he sort of like never focused his eyes and yeah. was always sort of on to the next thing while people are talking to him and right. stuff. And yeah, it was just sort of like super eccentric tech genius, you know? Well, just in contrast, like Alan Rickman never won an Oscar. No. And, and he. Mark, Mark Rylance, Rylance did. Wyndham's you know what I mean? For like his, Steven I mean, Spielberg movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah Alan Rickman could have won an Oscar for Robin Hood for his performance as a sheriff of Nottingham, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? And oh. for Snape. And like other... And Sense and Sensibility. A million other things. But anyways... A million other things. So, it all in all, this film is... I, 
do not recommend going to see it. I don't really know if I even recommend uh, if it's Renting free. It, watching it, yeah, okay. free on Netflix. Just you if might you're curious, watch it. but I wouldn't pay money for this. No, movie. don't pay money for this film. No, there's so many things that we haven't even discussed. Like T.J. Miller's character was the like the hired mercenary mm-hmm. assassin that's supposed to like take out his avatar and. Like his, right. I feel he feel like his part was reduced, cut, 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 cut down. He's been in the news for some bad things, some bad stuff, you know, some unsocially aware stuff, and some now potentially criminal stuff. I yeah. mean, this, this this thing happened after the movie. He's was, still in the Deadpool commercial in the trailers. Yeah, yeah man, uh, that's again before this whole bomb threat thing came. But out. it's a small clip because remember in the first Deadpool movie, he mm-hmm. was in all the trailers. Yeah, he was, and wasn't he was he? a significant piece yeah. of that no he's just like the one clip yeah which you know i don't know man you know I, if anything i like he was a friend of mine for a while at the improv I, right at this point we're I like know. dude are you okay yeah like, you know it's not even like you're what, what a loo what a, what an asshole it's more just like dude you all right man? yeah like seriously because this is some heavy shit you know he's yeah. getting into it's concerning it is a little concerning you know i always liked him he was always a sort of friend of mine you know funny yeah he's funny He's really funny on Silicon Valley. But needless to say, and like Ben Mendelsohn's avatar character was so fucking ridiculous. Stock. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like this man in a suit. You know, you can yeah. be anything in the world and you're a man in a suit with a square jaw and a fucking high and tight haircut. I mean, you said it that it just felt like it's fan fiction. It is. The whole thing. Yeah, the book, the movie, fiction. everything's just fan fiction. And like really slap you in the face with it fan service. Yeah. Where it's so it's such fan service that like, you know, just get your hands off me <laughs> with this fan service. <laughs> no, I don't want a happy ending. And no, yeah. this is not. <laughs> I think I'd like to leave now. I'd like yeah. my clothes back and yeah. I want to leave now. Yeah. It made me uncomfortable with all this bullshit. It's exactly perfect. That perfect analogy. Yes. Oh, it's awful. It and the is. last challenge is you're supposed to beat some old Atari game, but you weren't oh, supposed right. to but beat it. But it wasn't. It. Yeah. You were supposed to find the existing easter egg right. which is a real thing in the real game from yeah. the 80s which whoa cool man <laughs> holy shit and guess who is the only one who can figure that out even though they have teams of people on it yeah and how it's not that big like culturally people know about that because it was the literally the first easter egg in a game so yeah. it's not that on like uh, uh, you know you watch one video game uh, one documentary about the, the atari history of atari like we we, we did and that's right. like front and center because a lot of times the game developers didn't get credit, so this guy put an Easter egg in the right. game. And it, the Easter egg just says "developed by so and so." It's you know not nothing special, and so he 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 solves that mm-hmm. on his own by himself. Yeah, because all the other people kept winning and then beating the game and then well, dying. You know what else was also just sort of lazy writing and it, the team of people under Ben Mendelsohn's command. Yeah, are the the ones who are the nerds trying to uncover the game clues and everything. Yeah, there's like. Very young, like, intern types. They're all, like, 22 years old. Yeah. Whereas, like, wouldn't you think you'd have some old nerds in there who would actually know? Know the stuff? Yeah, because if it's 2045 and they're 19 and 20. They don't know the shit. They're just, like, look. It's, like, it's the same thing, like, now when you have people, like, millennials and say, oh, I'm going to go to an, I remember this, going to this 80s party and someone showed up in, um, uh, three's company outfit yeah and that's a 70s show right if you look it up on google it'll mm-hmm. say that it carried over right 
But it's really a 70s show. You know what right. I mean? Like, there's a lot of shows like that. Like the Happy Days in Laverne and Laverne. Those may have carried into the 80s, but they're, they're real. If you grew up show, then, you yeah. know that those are 70s shows. Well, and a lot of people that do 80s parties, the way they dress up is really early 90s. Yeah. They're wearing the bright colors and the, you know, exactly. the, the like freaking, uh, what are the, like, not hammer pants, but just like, like it's like Which early, early 90s right. stuff. It's right. not 80s. Like, it's you're a, dressed up Miami like. Miami Vice and the Cosby Show. Right. At, were 80s shows. Yeah, that was like the heart of the 80s. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, it's and true. Dynasty yeah, and Dynasty and Dallas. Dynasty and Falcon Crest. Falcon's Crest. Yeah, yeah even and, Dallas uh, started in the Paradise. Set, like, What's that? Uh, the Plane, The Plane. Wasn't that 80s? No, that was 70s. That was 70s. Yeah. See, yeah. Ricardo Montalban. The Fantasy Island and Fantasy the Love Boat. Fantasy Island and Those the Love Those are 70s. Those are 70s. Again, yeah. they carried in. They but carried like they were the 70s 80s. shows. That's right. And so like see? it's the same kind of thing. Know? It's like you would you need people who would know that, not just researching it from doing internet searches. Yeah, exactly. You know? That was sort of funny. Yeah, it was just short-sighted. Yeah, it is. And at typical ageist, of course, you're going to put young people in the film instead of a bunch of older people. Yeah, there's a bunch of... Yeah, that's funny. But, uh, so, I mean, I would doom this fucker to at least, Well, like, can we talk about the lack of chemistry between the two oh, of them? Oh, that too. And There's, how yeah, not a the two movie leads. star Ty Sheridan is? Not at all. Like, what, are you, what is he doing? He doesn't even look like a movie no. star. I know nowadays people aren't supposed to look like the characters that they're cast he has as no anymore. no presence or no, charisma. No, nothing. Same with the girl. And then they were in love, and she's like, oh, you don't want to see my horrible face. And it's just like this soft red birthmark <laughs> and he's like don't worry baby i still love you yeah, and it's like what 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 it's just not the fucking elephant man yeah. dude. you know it's just soft red birthmark <laughs> that like emphasizes half of her that, face i mean if you, you might as well a guy if you wanted to really be courageous make her look like crazy yeah make her look half like her a, face look all yeah, distorted or just like a dirty nerd that never leaves the basement yeah and she's sort of gross and ugly and greasy hair yeah and long that would nails be more realistic smelly breath and yeah fat, fat morbidly yeah, obese. Yeah, like, you, why didn't you do that? Because like, that's more realistic. Then he'd be like, I still love you. <laughs> I, I guess. But the two of them had no on-stream chemistry no. at all. No. It was horrible. It was like paint dry watching them act <laughs> together. Even with oh, all of the no running and jumping. There's no joy or entertainment value in this film no. whatsoever. And it all takes place in like 10 city blocks in Columbus, Ohio. And all the characters yeah. live in Columbus, Ohio. I know. What it's the, the whole fuck? fucking world on in this place and everyone just I think just they in, go to Chicago, don't they, too? No, I don't think so. No, Maybe they, they also do. Went to Chicago, Maybe. But... And that's like right a fucking drive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ohio to Ch- yeah. Illinois is not very far at all. Uh yeah, this, there's so much bad about this movie. Yep. It's really disappointing. And the big reveal that H is a girl the whole time. Ooh, dude. But you're so handy with, like, workshop stuff. Like, yeah. you're a metal worker, and you can fix cars, but you were a girl? This yeah. challenges everything I know about men and women. Well, and, you know, I really hate the laziness of a lot of film sci-fi self- filmmaking where they take today's issues and they insert them a hundred years 50 years into the future whatever instead of like doing something really clever where you take a trajectory of what's actually happening today Mm -hmm. and where that might be yeah where would it be 75 years we aren't going to be hopefully we're not going to be having this conversation like you said it like girls of this they'll just be doing it doing whatever well it will be like 70 years in the future and things have changed and people just have to get on with stuff right bigger issues 
Yeah, that's it's yeah, totally. It's like, no, no, we got to make some real poignant social commentary about what's going on right now. Yeah. That's what will get people butts and seats. Butts and seats. Butts and seats, man. And then he when he gets the final <coughs> Easter egg, Mark Rylance, he goes to like the character Mark Rylance character's like childhood bedroom. Yeah, that was And weird. it's him as an old man or him as like an adult, and it's also his is like teenage avatar yeah. or something but it's the two of them but he's not an avatar but I is he know. dead like what but it's like are you telling me you spent the last 40 years in here with your child self no but what, what have it you wasn't been doing it was exactly? just like a shadow or something no no, no but the two but of them waiting but yeah. then the, t- the child self is like playing atari and then he's like yeah. talking he's like don't worry anything i do in here is still technically masturbation <laughs> <laughs> it's myself from my chip from the past. What am I going to do? Not jerk off with them? Of course I'm going to do that. I've been waiting for someone to solve this goddamn puzzle for the last 40 years. I was going to sit here by myself oh, Lord. with a young me sitting there on the Atari, just oh. like scared with no lines. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I won't say anything. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a real stinker. Yeah. I can't wait for Ready Player Two. <laughs> Well, yep. what what would you rate this? I'd give it like a four point five, like a, like a two, four, really like a two, four, maybe a four out of fucking two, yeah, like a, num- like a deuce, like a hot deuce from my butthole. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, maybe two, maybe three. Let's say three. We'll say a number three out two, of ten, like a hot two. <laughs> okay, a hot two out of ten. The hot deuce. That's this is the worst rating know. we've. If we do that, that's the worst we've given. Any movie? Ever? No, no. We've given we gave uh, that Noah's Ark movie like a half, a point five out of ten, <laughs> and we gave uh, Forty Seven Ronin, I think, a one out of ten. Yeah, that movie was a disappointment. But so I, I mean, know, I, I three, think I don't know, three I, and a half. I don't care. I, let's say three and a half. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. After like under five or under four, yeah, it's, it's like bad. It's, bad. it's all, all bad. It's all bad, man. All right, well, switching gears now to uh, a new horror thriller. I guess it's horror. It doesn't feel really horror, but it's really a th- it's a thriller horror. It's called A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. It's directed by John Krasinski of The Office. He wrote and directed it. stars himself and his wife, Emily Blunt, his real-life wife. Mm-hmm. They play uh, wife. a family. Uh, they've got three kids, um, one on the way, and they are in an apocalyptic future where creatures have taken over and they can they attack by hearing sound only yeah and but it's not just hearing it's like super acute hearing like yeah. super super across a giant field they can hear a pin drop and so they don't have shoes they don't walk with shoes they, there's many yeah there's yeah. many things it's they really have to be very quiet and the film i we we absolutely are not going to do spoilers for this because it's too good a film to like spoil it and but it's still out in theaters it's still out in theaters but there's a in the first 10 20 minutes of the film something pretty dramatic happens that's important that it does because it it, it keeps you engaged through a film that has very little dialogue. Yeah, that's the thing. I almost felt it was funny because there's a lot of like ding dong teens in the theater, and it's like, haha, you have to read, yeah. losers. But it was, it's, it's very effective. Language. It's all the sign language, yeah, pretty well, much until and, like near the end of the film. And there's a little bit of dialogue, but the the, the use of that no, is builds attention so much. Uh, yeah, it's quite sort of a little simple stroke of genius where there's since there's no sound, anytime there is a noise, it the whole 
audience reacts to yeah. it as a very visceral reaction and it does keep you in suspense like anytime there's a scene where a, a character is trying to creep by yep. the prison guards and you're just like oh fuck are they gonna hear him that, that take that for 90 minutes almost right. like a whole life of that where they yeah, they put sand down and they keep tracks trails yep. so you only walk in the sand and you don't wear shoes and you don't go off these sand trails because there could be sticks and stones right. and shit that you could bump your foot or make a sound or anything so yeah. it's like very planned very uh very you know uh, uh, what's the word? You know, like organized, whatever. Mm-hmm. And everything that they do revolves around like the absence of making noise. Yeah. You know, so when they eat dinner, they don't have flatware. They don't have china. Right. They don't have. They have like leaves or paper plates or you know whatever it is. Yeah. And it's they, very. Cl- they play Monopoly and they've changed all the pieces to little fuzz. Little like fuzz little, balls for the hotels. Yeah. And then like the care instead of the uh, metal. Things. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the metal, t- t- you know, thumb, thumbnail or whatever right. with thimble. It's like yeah, a little fuzzy ball or a little fabric star. But inevitably things do happen i well, mean it's inevitable. Things, you know you will something will crash over or something and and so they're constantly having to hide from these creatures and you do see the creatures and they're quite it, remarkable you know that yeah, it's, it's a, cool it, creature design yeah mm-hmm. a, a ilm did the creatures apparently and mm. they are really kind of a new take but also look like it remind there was a, i there was a lot that reminded me of war of the worlds uh, the Steven Spielberg film. They're not that big. No, not, no, no, no. But just there were some scenes of going down into the basement and yeah, in the water. They're hiding and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, and they're super <clears throat> effective killer. They're like xenomorphs, where like they get you, you're dead. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not like it's one swipe with a bladed claw and your head's yeah. gone. Like it's very, they're very lethal, stealthy. What well, do you they say they fast. look like? They, well, you said resident evil. They look like the resident evil, um, those giant leopard creatures. Yeah. Like they're in the game. They call them licky, like, like licky tongues. Cause they hit you with their, their tongue in the game. Mm-hmm. And they're also in the movie. And they, they have that, they have no eyes and they have like that exposed brain and the uh-huh. giant teeth. And they do look like that. And they also look, they also remind me of xenomorphs with the teeth and the no eyes and they're very perceptive and they can be really, really quiet and then they can make a whole bunch of noise. Well, and like there was a part of it reminded me of little shop of horrors. Cause they have that sort of plant like thing that, Oh, you know, it's well, sort of like almost like a flowering thing. And then it opens like well, that. Like their head is comprised of all these different sort of shifting plates yeah. that move. And like when they want to use like their inner ear, the plate lifts backwards like that. Like their skull is a multiple different plates that they can all seem to control individually. Right. Like each one can be sh- moved and shifted. And then when they rest, it's flat, like, just like a smooth skull. Yeah. That also reminds me of uh, a lot of this movie reminds me of the, the game called The Last of Us. I mean, if you play games, you know what it is. But it's also like a lot mm-hmm. of the creatures, there's creatures called clickers that can't see and only react to noise. And they're, they're like the farthest stage of advancement in the, the sort of like zombie mm-hmm. character. Like the it's a fungus. And then the fungus sort of breaks through their head and they have like these sort of like mushroom fungus heads and they have no oh. eyes and they have these like crazy teeth. And they call them clickers because as soon as they they like hear a noise they start that doing that like clicking sound that they even do in this movie like yeah 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 you do, know yeah. 
And so it reminded me a lot of that because they have to act off sound alone yeah. and they're super lethal and they can run, you know, and they're still humanoid shaped. They don't have the giant arms or the, right. you know, the back legs of a dog. These or are not humanoid shape at all. And no, they're giant beasts. They're, they're giant, really big. Yeah. And they're, they're very scary. There's a lot of suspense. There's a bunch of jump scares that you don't really see coming. No, and jump scares don't really work on me, but that, like, they haven't. You missed a big one when you went to the, you. Oh, with yeah. the pipe breaking or that no, scene there that was, I missed? Yeah, there was one that you missed that was really cool. Um, Dang it. Well, when the, I, I'm not going to say, but uh, it's, and the acting's great. Emily Blunt is fantastic in it. Well, yeah, she's pregnant. We should we can she, yeah. say that she's, it's she's in the movie. Pregnant. Well, yeah, it's you, in the she, deli- she delivers a baby in the and has to think about that. Like, well, yeah, her, well, <laughs> she goes like, into labor. Yeah, her water breaks and she's by herself because yeah. they were on like a mission or they were getting food or something. The son, yeah, and John and the Krasinski. daughter kind of went off in a huff. In a huff because she has her own problems with the dad. In the, and then she's really deaf. She's a deaf actress, and she was great in the film. She kind of looks like the female version of Dustin from Stranger Things. She does look a little bit. Yeah, she kind of right. does. Yeah, she looks like it could be his sister. Same sort of look. She also looks like the girl who was in The Conjuring, one of the daughters. Oh, yeah, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but she's... So, you know, they're all signing, and but she's the one of the, the, one she's of the kids that's deaf. actually deaf. Yeah, she has a hearing aid. And that poses problems for them, and he's always trying to, you know, fix her fix hearing, aid hearing aid and everything. But, it, yeah, it's the... John Krasinski's really great in it. Yeah. And his performance is great. Mm-hmm. I, really... Um, great act, um, directing job by him though well i have to say i didn't know that until the the credits came and it said ri- directed by john krasinski and i was like oh well that's a coup yeah that's a, i thought it was just some movie that him and his wife signed on to do together as yeah. like a gag or you know just for fun like right. hubby and wife do a horror film no to keep the relationship fresh but like yeah this is his little brainchild this is his get out yeah, I mean, of. I guess he, he got the it script. And wrote it. The script was brought to him, and then he co-wrote it, rewrote it with the two people who originally mm-hmm. uh, brought it to him: Brian Woods and Scott Beck. And um, but to get to direct it, yeah, it's a pretty and big. It, it really well. I mean, his he. I am really interested to see what else he does because it's he sets the mood. Right from the get go, and yep. it's really good. And the production value is very high. Marco Beltrami does the does score, the score yeah. and his score really adds to it because oh yeah, it's, because so, it's, yeah. it's the voice of the film. And yeah, because there's so little dialogue, yeah, you know, and there's so many just straight up quiet moments, yeah, where there is no score or dialogue. Right. So when the score does come in, it's that much more uh, powerful. Absolutely, because they're constantly setting uh contingencies for if noise is made simple noise yeah they've got it down i mean well they keep showing they show you like the beginning it's like day 90 and something happens and then they flash to day 400 yeah something. it's been so, quite a while later right. so they've got they live in on a farm they have a farm they have a silo full of corn yep. they have like corn stalks you know field of right. corn you know and uh they so they're like managing to survive, yeah. But they haven't figured out any ways 
to hurt these creatures. No. They know how to avoid the creatures. The but, weakness. They haven't yeah. figured it out. And John Krasinski has this whole sort of like red string theory sort of thing going right. when he has uh, radios and he's reaching out people with Morse code. And, yep. You know, he's got cameras all over the, the farm compound. Right. Because they have a generator. Yeah. And, and they have the string of lights. And when they're yellow, it's safe. And when she... When she put on the red lights, they knew they that there was that something wrong. Yeah, a it's creature. very smart. It's very clever the way they're they've survived. Yeah, I and, like the idea of just like all the writers sitting around and being like, "Okay, no noise. What would that look like? Like, yeah. how many different things would they have to do and yeah. like continue to do to make it a you know safe for them when that's such little noise?" So I even brought up like, "What if I made a giant smelly fart?" <laughs> And it was really loud after yeah. like a big canned beans dinner because that's all we yeah, had. Yeah, you're right. And I just have to rip a giant toot. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem. It'd be a big problem. Yeah, would be, or a burp. Or a giant burp. Or Yeah. Yeah. There's many things. We don't realize how loud we are. Right. My whole family got killed because I farted. <laughs> I survived because it smelled so bad. They didn't want to go near me. <laughs> they're like oh forget it I, it's like i can't see but man i still have a sense of smell <laughs> Jeez, louise warn somebody warn a warn an alien won't you oh. and that was the other thing we should talk about is that there's no backstory which is cool except for like yeah newspaper clippings but they and often we talk about how something's bad because there's no backstory but the way they do this you see all the clippings and so you get enough of it you get enough you get as much as you need you especially, really do they keep them especially uh, keeping probably it's a lower budget yeah so they can't show the whole people running in the streets scene with you know them getting taken out right and they can't do too many flash flashbacks no, and, you, and i don't don't think i would want it i mean no, I, I like the way they did it. this it's, it's just this moment in time in this it's like you two know, locations yeah there's like you with know this one family yeah it was more uh yeah it's just the stakes are high Enough because yeah, it's for them it, and it's constantly worrying about being taken out by these creatures. And it's really well done. It's really well shot. The whole thing was shot and uh, a lot of it was shot in upstate New York. Hmm, that looks like it. Yeah, and sure. uh, in this that downtown in the beginning is Little Falls new york and mm. um the bridge is actually this the, the bridge that opens the film essentially is this bridge that was a working rail road steam engine that like stopped running a mm. long time ago and they use that it's a beautiful setting and yeah. it's very serene and kind of works for the it is. story it's super sort of peaceful tranquil yeah. except for these very deadly creatures that you don't know how many are left you don't know where no, or how you they really reproduce. don't yeah you know that they're very lethal and very hungry yep uh but outside of that you don't get a lot of backstory and i'm not i don't fault the movie at all i was like you said i prefer the less you know the sort of scarier it is yeah. and they give you enough as an audience member that you're not like thinking about it you're right. just sort of on board with the now of what's happening yeah you don't are like well yeah but what did the president have to say yeah, about it? what yeah, was yeah. the like yeah we see enough of that i know. didn't need it the like presidential speech of like we'll right. all be quiet no one will make a sound and that way we can beat these aliens right. with a blah, blah. Well, because, and I've heard John Krasinski talk about this in interviews, because honestly, at its core, it's really about two parents protecting their kids. It's really more about that. And it's very relatable yeah. in that sense, uh, because in, in that, you know, and I'd say it's a really good family movie, although it is scary. So it's still PG-13, it, it though. Yeah, it's PG-13. Which is interesting, because there there's a couple sort of almost gory moments 
that aren't that don't go full gore. Yeah, and I and don't I, think they needed to. Well, no, everything yeah. about this movie seemed really well executed. Yeah, that you and, don't and feel like clever. Eh, it should have been our man. No, like, you don't. No, no. I didn't. I Usually, feel, we do think that a lot of times. Like, ah, oh, you you pushed out. Yeah. You wanted a bigger audience, man. You should have went our. Dude. No, they they didn't need it. it, and that's that's the brilliance. That's why I use that word. Yeah, because that's no, that, the brilliance of his directing and this filmmaking and the writing yeah. and the writing because they did it without any of that, mm-hmm. and they did it with the and the trick still of scary. The, uh, the no sound. Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, that the no sound. It seems like it'd be more difficult, but it turns out to be like very effective. Yeah, and uh, definitely is a worth seeing in a theater with people. You know, that's the one that I would say go to a theater and see it with a group of people that are also, you know, seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Because you can hear pin drop in a lot of the scenes. Yeah. People aren't like, eh, I'm bored, pass the popcorn. No, I mean, everybody's, you're into it. And and again, it's like you're, you're watching a film that has largely no dialogue, mm-hmm. but the way they set it up in the beginning, it, you're in. And you want to see what happens. But there's a lot of... I could think of a lot of teenagers who'd be like, I can't watch this movie with nothing, no noise going on. But y- you do. Yeah, and you you're do. into it. It was cool. And like you said, it's that, that opening sequence, which yeah. is like the first 15, 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, it was, it's, it's so dramatic that you're like, whoa, okay. This yeah. is the world we're in. Right. And I'm glad they did that. It was important. It was. Because even though it's PG-13, you still have to be able to deal with some heavy stuff to yeah. sort of set a precedence. And that's what they did. Right. And... They didn't pull the punches, to, and it equals a more dramatic movie. Right. Thus, a better movie in most in this case, for sure. I give it like a 9.3. Really? I give it like an 8.8 or a 9. I guess a 9. I, I think it's a 9 at least. I'd say, yeah. Especially, like, I got to handle the guy. And now I'm curious about what his second project Me might be. Me too. Because it really worked, and it couldn't have been that expensive if he directed it. He's not paying, you know, he's got his wife as the female lead. Yeah. You know, it couldn't have been a huge budget. And it, it, it only lost to this fucking Rampage movie by a million dollars in its I know, second and weekend. And it beat Ready Player One in the first weekend out yeah, by a lot. By a lot. And, a lot. and and it. I mean, it was Ready Player One second week, but regardless. No, they came out the same weekend. No. Yes. Oh. It beat it. Oh. It beat it by a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, that was the, That's what's so remarkable oh, that about was this the film. Point. Oh, yeah, okay, that it okay. beat Ready Player One on its first weekend out, and nobody saw that coming. And then it almost it essentially tied. Rampage, Rampage. On its first weekend. Yeah, with The Rock, you with know. With The Rock, and it's a, you know, a huge budget. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it's a quiet place to make almost the exact same amount with probably a fraction, a small fraction of the budget and that no Rampage has. dialogue for 90 minutes. And to be fair, not not like super huge stars. Like people know John Krasinski. Emily Blunt's a big star. She's a much bigger star, yeah. I mean, they know him from The Office. Yeah, people know him, recognize yeah. him, but it's not The Rock. You no. know, it's not no. Vin Diesel. Which is good. No, it's uh, it's the kind of film you root for, and uh, yeah, you do. You, you go see it in the theaters. Yeah, highly you, recommend. Yeah, these we need more movies like this to be released in theaters, and yeah. not just straight to Amazon or Netflix. Yeah, you know, it's nice to have movies like this that impress you and surprise you, and you're you don't leave the theater disappointed. And have a good story and a good script, like because yeah, I, I, the, and we say this all the time, but it really always comes down to a script. I mean, yes, superhero movies and rocks movies not you know not all but, but most the of them are gonna do well because for the first we weekend, already know they're gonna do well but yeah real like 
Peep, movies make money when there's a story that people love. That's true, and they'll keep continue to make the money week after week. It's funny, yeah, because you know there has to be a, we have alternatives to superhero movies in the theaters. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Hell rock, yes, and car movies and superhero movies. So the movies like this that get made and they make money in right. the in the box it's office. It's exciting. It to is see exciting, that. Yeah. and it's uh, you know gives hope yep. to other people that want so to make a movie this. someday. Yeah, go see a it. A Quiet man. Place. Very uh, good film. Very, so, very good. So, uh, quickly want to run through a couple of things. Uh, it was the season finale, season eight finale of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do we have to say about that? <laughs> it's over. It's finally over. Here's what I have to say. Why was that stained glass hanging from the tree? <laughs> it's, imp- it's artistic choice, man. It's impactful, man. Uh, it's, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. So if, you know, Negan survives a cut to the throat. Yep. Just his throat. It wasn't his arteries on the side of his no. neck. It was just seemingly his throat. And yet he's also able to talk. And uh, nobody really did anyone die. Well, a bunch of the saviors did. Eugene saves the day by switching the bullet, doctoring the bullets. We kind of figured that was going to happen. Yeah, we did, and it was sort of really cheap because that's not really that's not what happens in the final showdown at all. In the comic, mm. it's a bit more dramatic and a bit more realistic than like, okay, now shoot and like, oh, oh, my hand, oh, oh, right. yeah, the guns don't work. And then Rick's like, get him. And Eugene's yeah. like, ha ha, tricked you, <laughs> I got you. Ha, 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 and ha. Dwight gets out of there alive. He was going to die. So was Gabriel. I mean, they were literally, he was about to shoot Gabriel in the head. And the gun and backfires. And the gun and, it, and Negan's hand gets like all fucked up from it. Mm-hmm. And everyone, everyone who had shot a gun, there's yeah, like, it seems like a hundred people. Eyes, People, yeah, in the yeah, face, down, and in the yeah. neck, and in the hands, and so they all, they all, like pretty much the whole group succumbs to these doctored weapons. And then it's and then oh, the beach women save the day with at, Molotov cocktails, yeah. just for like one stupid moment. And like, how did they know that those were the bad guys? And how though? did they go to that spot where they were there to ambush them? Well, because what's his name probably took them. Oh, that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah the the what yeah, Aaron or whatever they didn't his name see is. Him. Did we? we? Yeah, he was there. Oh, he was with okay. them. Okay, so he directed them. I guess so. But yeah, it is sort of, oh, and then they're the beach they, women. They, they saved the up. day. Everyone's working together. But, uh, and then, I mean, this so, it, the end of it sets up Morgan's crossover to Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. He's gone and he's, Jadis has now been invited. Because Rick basically and Michonne decide they're going to let everyone live, including Negan. Yeah, they and let Negan you, live. We're going to have a different kind of world because Carl wanted it. And Maggie's pissed because they, ne- they didn't kill Negan. Yeah, now Maggie's like and so plotting. is Daryl. Yeah, Daryl and Jesus. Yeah, but that is ridiculous to me. Jesus is the one who's constantly saying, "Maggie, we don't have to kill people. Yeah. Maggie, we don't have to do this." Right? You know, Morgan, you can use this side of the stick for people and, and this that side for, for yeah. blockers and yeah. And so voice now of he's going to be against Rick and Michonne for that reason alone because Maggie wants Negan dead. Yeah, they I, literally uh, said we're going to keep you in a cell and let you rot for the rest of your life. It's not like they're letting him go and putting him and letting him be I a mean, farm I think hand. They should have killed him. Yeah, but that's how but, I felt in the comic too. They yeah. Let him live in the comic. And I'm like, why? They just want to suck everything out of that character they can. That's true. Because in the comic, Negan comes back again, I think, and mm-hmm. is a bad guy again. Cause oh, he's of course. Yeah, uh, he, you know, of course. It's right. stupid. But Maggie doesn't say then, like, it's us. You know, they all work together on in the hilltop. Right. And they create a really cool 
thriving farm and that sort of thing, yeah. you know, and they work with the saviors and the saviors work at the kingdom and, you know, so it's, it, everything sort of works out for a spell. Well, and if this is the direction they're going, that season nine, although you know that she still hasn't signed a contract for season nine. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's still the case. It's still unknown what's going to happen with her, but she, Lauren, uh, Conrad. Yeah. So, so she, Maggie, we don't know if she's plotting against to take out Michonne and Rick or just to get behind them behind their back and kill Negan. Right. It seems like she's plotting against, you know, we're going to show them yeah, they were wrong. They're plotting something. Which yeah, they're is weird. plotting something against them. And if that's the direction they're going in, I don't really want to watch it, no. to be honest. No. Because I'm already tired of the show. I'm already, like, you've done, you should have killed Negan and ended the show. Like, yeah, boom, please, just stop. Because And then have Morgan go off and join Fear the Walking Dead. Because Fear the Walking Dead seems more interesting now. At this moment, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least there's some new characters. Darla from Dharma is on it. Yeah, Dharma. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna Elfman, the Scientologist. Jenna Elfman, but also the, the actress who's in Garrett the Taken Delahunt. movies. Oh, the, the, the daughter, daughter from Taken. Yeah, and she was in also stuff. on Lost. Yeah. Um, she's in it. And then the, the actor who Garrett was in... Dillahunt. Yeah, who was in Dead. Would. Who's plays two characters in Devil. You reckon he kind of has like a lazy eye. Yeah. It's kind of like scary looking. Good actor. Such a good actor, though. That's the thing. Like the fact that they got him. Well, I think he basically said he took this role because he was in a pilot that didn't get picked right. up. He said that on Talking Ned. So uh, that's but all the better. His character's cool. I, I watched it and like Mor- Morgan and him on there now actually makes it sort of more interesting. So that show seems to have more potential. Yeah, more legs. Yeah. I feel like they really burnt out the lead Walking Dead, and yeah, this could be an opportunity for Fear of the Walking Dead to Maybe actually... Maybe they see that, and that's why this is happening. And they're putting Morgan yeah. in there, and like, okay, so we're going to go to our our B team and make them the A team or something. Cause, and there's some speculation, because you show this long sort of meadow shot with these with spikes, spikes, and yeah. that it might be these new villains from the comics. Well, they have to introduce them if they're going to continue the show, because they're, that's like the next big... Uh, threat to yeah. Rick and the gang, and but it's a it's a weird group, and I don't know how they're going to execute it because it's basically Carl plays a huge part in that storyline. Carl's mm. dead, and the second thing about it is the group is they're humans who take the skins off zombies and wear them, and basically live as zombies. Mm. And they, but they also wield weapons. Like they go out on a run, and they're like, "One of the zombies attacked me with a knife." Like, are they getting smarter? And blah blah blah. Yeah. And it turns out that they're just these people that wear zombie skin and act and live as a zombie group right. by zombie rules, and they're ruled by this. And basically, those spikes are reference to that. A lot of people on Rick's team get their heads put on spikes, and that's what starts this war. You see, I don't want to see that. And then, but again, that all of what you just described sounds like a comic book that plays out in a comic book but you can't it doesn't work in a tv show because you've now jumped over the jump the shark of like of course when they kill glenn i think we think Mm -hmm. but also you've you like now it just doesn't make any sense there's all these more groups that they've never met before geographically they also also reference that giant there's like that giant walker horde that they see from on top on high sort of thing right and to me that could be the group okay that could not be real walkers that could be the 
composer walker group right. which i bet it will be because apparently there's like h- hundreds of thousands of them yeah which again you're right it's like you never bumped into these walker uh, people uh, and before. i already like i'm tired of that like i already think it's ridiculous that the saviors still have that many people left that right. they were fighting and they all get you to know, live yeah and, like, now they're trading plants and seeds right. and topsoil and i always thought when when the saviors first came on and that whole roadblock with uh what's his name simon simon yeah. like i was like wait a minute they never ran into these you know like i already st- like they started to lose me with that then yeah even then yeah and so now it's just like you can't like you gotta move them west or north or somewhere yeah give you us can't have them be in the same square mileage area and have never bumped into hundreds of people like this yeah thousands of zombie and, walkers and, and continue to have gas for the cars and you know yeah, like all resources. those things yeah. resources it's ridiculous yeah the walking dead on the road is always the most interesting yeah like the first season and in between the second and third season yeah. when they find the prison and because Woodbury got boring. Woodbury got boring pretty quick. Yeah. Even though we look back on it fondly, it Good actually comparison. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually many episodes of that season that. But were we were like, dull. "Fuck! I'm getting sick of this." Yeah. And the governor, come on, just end this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, so I, I don't know. I don't know that I can say I'm going to stick with the show next season. I barely Not stuck with it this season. Yeah. I missed like three or four episodes. It didn't even matter. Yep. I didn't even care. I didn't go back to watch them. I was like, well, okay, season finale. I'll watch that. See what happens finally. Yeah. Well, and their ratings are consistently going down. Yeah. Um, I read something about that too, though. Where what? It's low. It's four, five, six million viewers a night. Mm. At its peak, it was 15 million. Mm-hmm. But compared to their other shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad... The highest, Still higher. Well, the highest Breaking Bad ever got was like five, six million. Yeah. And that was at Breaking Bad's peak. So for Walking Dead to do 15 million viewers a week was unprecedented yeah, by was, any. it was a big deal. So yeah. people are still watching it, but it's not that same like beating Sunday Night Football. Like it's a right. whole different league that I don't even think they were prepared to get into that world. And, and clearly a lot of those people were Fairweather fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just jumped on the bandwagon for a season. I don't think it's going to sustain a four or five million though. Probably I really not. don't. I think I think this season's going to, they're going to, next year, they're going to lose a lot of people. Yeah, I think now that, They're going to go down to like two, three million. Yeah, I think that now that Negan's out. Well, there's another thing too. When that, when it was at its peak... I mean, the world has changed. People are watching content in a different way now. Like yeah. now we're, you don't, when was the last time people watched commercials? Like you don't, people binge watch things now. They stream it. Mm-hmm. They go, they don't buy, they don't have cable. So they go watch it once it's come out on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. Yeah, sure. You know, so it's like, it's, that's another reason for it, you know? Definitely. And I don't think that the way there's too much content out there for it to compete with it, frankly. Yeah, it's, 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 it shows. It's, yeah. yeah. So, and I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I, I don't really even, I have no anticipation for October or whenever it comes back. Like, oh, set your clock. Yeah. Countdown to Walking Dead. Right. Yeah, it's not. Which not is the, the same. It's not sad because it used to be, you know. Number one. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Well, so we're just going to say a few words about something that we finally watched that people have been asking us why we didn't do a review for. Uh, We finally watched The Last Jedi. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) The last Star Wars movie I'll watch. uh, 
I, I we I'll you know we'll say this. Uh, I think we both equally hated it. Thought it I did was not garbage. I'll say like the last maybe twenty something minutes were sort of some cool action, but there was very little cool action. No, for one thing. Yeah, I mean the opening scene with the X wings was sort of cool accent action. Yeah, and then the end with the salt mine thing, and I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it's it sucks. I, yeah. I don't know. It the story was so flimsy. It, yeah, and it just, so much of it felt unearned. Mm-hmm. Like the moments and rip off of like there was Empire in there, there was Jedi in there, there was it was just like literally like regurgitated chewed out pieces of the originals without all the charm and cool story and yeah. it didn't even feel like like at least Force Awakens, which I felt like well that's a Star Wars movie. At least it was a a, a good film. Mm-hmm. It, this didn't even feel like a a complete story or movie by a, or good filmmaking. No, it seemed like sci-fi channel Star it Wars. It did. It seemed really low-rent Star yeah. Wars. Like they're just being chased until they run out of fuel. Yeah. That's what happens. Right. That's what I've been putting off watching for the last like Ugh. five months. Well, we expected not a to fuel, like it. Fuel or wait till they're out of fuel. I know. They're just like, how's it look? No, they're still got half a tank. <laughs> Okay, just stay on them. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. There was no. I can't even. There's nothing really in it that other. really stood, stood out for Leia me. Princess Leia has the force, and yeah, like what? What is poor? Like let Carrie Fisher die. Yeah. Leave her alone. She shouldn't even been in this movie. She was just like, is just like felt bad for her. Like leave her with her like Lucille Ball voice. And yeah. Her, you know, it's like just. God, Lee, let these people leave them all, like, even to Mark Hamill. Well, it's super fan service. It's like, this is, and Disney's just, you know, it feels like cash grab with all it these Star like Wars movies. feels like they're burning out the franchise, yeah. too, though. Like, I, I saw this thing about how the um, views on their trailers are dropping more and more and more. And now mm. this Han Solo one has, like, you know, a percentage of what Force Awakens had. Who needs that movie? I mean, I mean. And people are burnt out on Star Wars, too. Yeah. And you don't need a Han Solo story. You really don't. You need an origin story. Everyone loves Harrison Ford as Han Solo. I don't want to see someone else play Han Solo. For the whole movie? The only person I was cool with playing another Han Solo was River. Who Phoenix? Pl- River Phoenix. Oh, who played in, uh, who played it in the uh, Last Crusade. Jones. Yeah. But that's Indiana Jones. Yeah, but that's my point. I don't want to see another Han Solo. <laughs> he's the only one I want to see emulate Harrison Ford. And he's been dead for 25 years. Yeah. God rest his soul. Poor River. Yeah, but no, I don't... I feel like people are going to push, start pushing back. Yeah. I mean, I am. I mean, I we didn't see this movie. I'm not dying to see the Han Solo story. No, And then is I there going to be another less. Star Wars movie at Christmas? Well, Rogue Two? No, I don't think I. This is the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars movie, movie this year. year. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. Probably. At least we know we have one. Yeah. I'm just, I, I can't sign up for watching a Star one every, Wars movie. There's one every year now. A year. Yeah. And then two. Yeah, it's taking away the charm of the originals completely. And, of the universe. and, they're, and the universe. Well, and there's another thing that the the the. the, the you know the visual effects weren't that cool like there's you know when they see the the ships come through light 
And they stopped yeah, like, abruptly. Speed. Yeah, it was so weird. It was like it looked like bad sci-fi, it like did. VFX. Because in yeah. the originals, the way they come through, it looked cool. It's like they sort of slide yeah, back and then in, stop. Yeah, and there's like a trail Zoom. of light. Yeah. yeah, this was just like bloop, just Boop. like it looks like who did out. that? You know, yeah, is that what like choice sci-fi. was that? It like Sharknado or something. Yeah, it, it did like low rent. I, I mean, those characters that they ride that was sort of like the. Tauntauns, whatever giraffe tauntaun. I don't know what they were, but the they casino. and people like Ugh. bet on them and oh, stuff. The, the gags were so bad, like that little Monopoly man that was putting coins oh, in the BBA. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh god, the gags, and then Justin throws in it for two seconds. Yeah. And then they have Benicio del Toro in it for randomly. Yeah. He's just a guy in a cell who can break them out instantly but he can't get out of his cell why doesn't he get out of his cell why didn't he get out of his cell before he met them yeah. he literally had a key in his pocket that was like boop, boop. I know. And like it's like <laughs> okay let's go it was so dumb maybe he was just there to trick them but it was just lazy uh, writing it was lazy. Like, there's a lot of lazy writing well, in they this. went to the casino to meet justin thoreau yeah he has a little pompadour whatever poppy collar shirt yeah whatever the fuck and you see him he has one line he rolls dice and that's his whole movie his yeah. whole, and they're like did you find him he's like we found him but we found this other guy who was in the cell and then let us out and then got a ship and we got on the ship and we went to the, the fucking <laughs> death star like you just found that guy yeah do you know this guy <laughs> like no no he said he was a code code breaker well, what what the fuck, man? Did you know, did <laughs> the you, stakes are high yeah, here. Yeah, you know, we're trying to save the rebellion. Yeah. You meet some guy in a prison that <laughs> says he can do it. And you're like, okay, but, you know, we'll pay, you know, you'll get paid by the rebellion, but you got to deliver. Yeah. like, what the fuck? I know. It's you, really stupid. It's so dumb. Yeah. I was so like, that's the, went all the way to this one place. It's like Casino Planet. Right. Then they tried to weave in this whole thing of like, what side are you really on, man? Everyone's selling weapons to both yeah. sides man Ooh, please who's the real bad guy here dude <laughs> well the first few minutes of the film with dom hall gleason which i didn't recognize him at first because he has like this slick back hair yeah but he he plays it so over the top more so than in force awakens i know probably because of the director i thought it was space balls it was there it was some space like balls moments like, well that whole thing where he's like i'll hold for dom i'll hold for uh, poe dameron it's like, yes, oh, yeah. sir. It's like, no, I'm still holding. And it's like, are you doing a like, gag Yeah, it right was now? all these gags. Well, that was a criticism. People were like making fun of all these sort of gags. gag jokes. Well, and the whole tossing the lightsaber thing. Yeah. Like, that would have been funny if she didn't then go and pick it up and still have it. Right. Like, if it would have went over the cliff and there was no more lightsaber. Yeah. Then that would have been funny. But the fact that she can just walk over to the grass and pick it up, like, well, I still got it. Yeah. Like, so th- th- there's no significance to him throwing it away if she right. can just go pick it up. Right. And be like, okay, will you teach me to be a Jedi now? Yeah. And he's like, okay. Like, no. But then he didn't really teach her. No. Because she just all of a sudden knew how to everything. do everything. Yeah. And more. Like, she sat there and all of a sudden was like Dr. Strange. I know. <laughs> she was. Going was. all over the universe yeah. in her little head. Yeah, because she has this thing where thing. They, she connects with... With Kylo Ren. Yeah. And they become BFFs. They're yeah. like on freaking like, freaking DMs all of a sudden. <laughs> They're in a fucking group chat with each other. Yeah. Sharing secrets and like and making s'mores and <laughs> having a pillow fight. Making s'mores. Having a naughty little clubhouse experimenting <laughs> oh lord it was bad so bad then they I've, team up but then they don't really team yeah, up and he's good then he's bad then he's conflicted then he's bad and then he's really bad got uh, you boo i don't i knew i'm so glad we didn't see this on christmas we have been mad we would have been so mad would have ruined our christmas it's so long yeah, it's it, oh, that's another thing. First, like ten minutes in, the two of us are like, "How are oh, we going to no. sit through this?" I had to get whiskey. 
Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> right, I gotta have a drink. This is going nowhere very yeah. slowly. Not even fast. It was going nowhere at an extremely snailed pace. Yeah. It's worse than Ready Player One, frankly. Uh, they're equally bad. They're equally they're bad. They're equally bad. Yeah. I just, I'm not, there's nothing outside of some like vintage, not even, but just like some Star Wars, like, like the lightsaber battle with her, Kylo Ren and him and the red guard guys that, that was, was sort of cool uh, but it just doesn't mean anything when the story's weak well and they also ripped off that whole sequence from jedi pretty much like you he comes to the yeah. master and he then the, the guy the he ends up killing the master, <laughs> he kills the master instead i mean what the fuck that's what darth like, vader did yeah it's like ridiculous and it's really obvious like snoke was like all powerful and yeah. then yet he didn't see this the lightsaber turning and just but yet stab he knows him. what's in her head all and the in time. In his head, he's yeah. like, I can control him. I know everything I that's know. in his head. A really weak writing. And then that little lightsaber on his desk like turns yeah. and switches on. He doesn't even notice. Yeah. It fucking cuts him in half. Yeah. It's it's bad. Real bad. And then she drives the ship into the the Death Star ship at the end anyway. Yeah. It does kamikaze after everything's said and done. Right. And then that was kind of a cool moment because everything freezes and time mm-hmm. sort of stops. Oh, you mean Laura Dern? Yeah, when she did drives the ship yeah. through the other ship. And then that was, I mean, I love Laura Dern, but it was very random that she was in it. It's like, it oh, was. and then there's Laura Dern. The actress Laura Dern <laughs> with purple hair and like yeah, a really extended like the horrible neck. costume design yeah. in this film. Really yeah. horrible the costume, costume design. design was bad. All of Ray's clothes were dumb. And I don't really like her as an actor. She's just like a little elf. <laughs> yeah. Like a little elf Jedi. She, I liked her better in Force Awakens. She should be I mean, like Force an Ewok. Force Awakens is a much better film Go comparably. Figure. Well, it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And I mean, Ryan Johnson's cool, and then you watch him in What You Do in the Shadows, and he's like a... He's, he's funny, He's funny. Dude. Like, he's a funny like, guy. Like, to, so, to let him write this... And direct it. With no edits. I know. No rewrites, and all these, like, cheesy... I, I didn't really get the gags, yeah. you know? It didn't seem to fit the high drama they were trying to give the audience. Like, no. Hold? Okay, are you there? Hello? Yeah. Hello. Is this Death Star? Yeah. It worked in Thor Ragnarok, that yeah. humor. Yeah, it worked in Spaceballs. Uh, yeah. But I, I just didn't, doesn't really need it. Like, no. there's like the odd, like, haunt, you know, in the originals, there's a couple funny moments. Yeah. They were sort of like forced in. Well, the beauty of the original Star Wars was that they knew the story was great and they knew how to bring, he knew how to bring out comic moments out of the drama of it, you know? And that's what great directors can do. And um, just side note, Milos Foreman died the other day who directed oh, yeah. um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, one um, mm-hmm. best picture, best director. Um, he also did The People versus Larry Flint, Amadeus. Amadeus. Um, I love gr- Amadeus. Amazing director. And what his what his genius was, you know, directing these obvious dramas or tragedies, mm-hmm. but finding the comedy in them. Think of Amadeus. There's funny There's, moments. so funny. Yeah, really laugh out loud, like just little yeah. moments. And same with Cook's Nest, which yeah. is really dark, but there's it's funny dark, moments. But he, he sort of, he had a new really groundbreaking approach to directing a drama Mm -hmm. and it's it's very sad that he died great filmmaker yeah but that's that was really missing from this yeah it was missing yeah it's a story there's no story that makes any sense or just as really has you engaged yeah so they have to get the code cracked before the 
ships out of gas. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And then I was just like, that's what they're doing? Then they meet the, they have like the plucky young Asian girl who is, you know, fixes batteries, but also knows everything about yeah. the force. Yeah. And what about the hell? The, in, yeah. Uh, three and a half. Yeah. I'll, we'll give it the same as Ready Player One. Don't see it. I don't know. Yeah. You could miss this one. Even like Mark Hamill's on, on record being like, yeah, I don't know. Wow, how they messed it up so bad. Yeah, it's like, bad. It's so bad. Yeah. This movie stinks. Please let this franchise die. It's yeah. It's rightful death. Yeah, it's like... Let it go out a winner. Yeah, it's going it's out a loser. It's like doing... It's going the, out a loser. It's going like the Simpsons route. I mean, honestly, one, two, and three are looking like better movies. Better films. Yeah. At least they're George it's Lucas sad. and Star Wars. <laughs> and yeah, kind of. At uh, least like... Yikes. All right. Well, that's a lot that we got through on this episode. Thanks for sticking with us. And <laughs> and as always, go to our website, thehmcnetwork.com. Uh, follow our social and listen to other podcasts. And we'll be back next week with more cool reviews and stuff to talk about. And butts. <laughs> See you, jerks. Ha, 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 ha,